you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts, we started a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to pick back up on what I believe should be called Acts of the Holy Spirit as, uh, as we go through uh, our study. We, we talked from the first three verses last time, a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to pick up on the, on the, from verse 4 today, verses 4 through 11. And we're going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We talked a little bit about the Holy Spirit in the last time, and we've talked about the Holy Spirit before here, certainly. But today, we're going to see the purpose of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And when I say that, what, it, what is your automatic thought? We usually think, start to think about the purpose of the ministry of the Holy Spirit to be about our comfort, our peace, our instruction, our guidance. We, we look at it from a very selfish perspective. It's about us. I want to show you today, it isn't about you. It isn't about me either. It's actually the purpose of the Holy Spirit is very singular. And we'll see that as we continue today. So let's read Acts chapter 1. It is up here behind me. Starting at verse 4. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which, he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to, to Israel at this time? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After, this, after he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching with a cloud as a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. So, let's look first at the context, because it has been a couple of weeks, so, so context first. Um, the first three verses of Acts tells us that this is sort of like Act 2 of Luke's gospel. Luke says that, tells us that, that this is really the next step. He's followed Jesus from birth to death and resurrection, and now he's going to tell us what happens from here. So it's, it's kind, of, uh, kind of part two of Luke's gospel. Now, and, it, and it tells us here that Jesus is with his disciples, Verse 2 talked about the, Jesus being there and teaching them, but verse 4 is very specific. When it says, while he was with them, that can be translated while he was eating with them, or even while he was sharing salt with them. So he is literally with them. Picture in your mind, if you think in pictures like I do, picture in your mind a very intimate gathering of Jesus and his disciples. That's the context within which he, he talks here. And what does he tell them first? He tells them, wait. Wait. I don't know about you, but I'm not good at this. I confess to you as your pastor, this is not a strength of mine. 
It isn't so much a lack of patience. It is just that I'm a doer, right? There's ministry to be done, and so I want to do it. And, and maybe you feel the same way. I won't, I won't presume my problem onto you. But if you have a problem with waiting, then look here. <laughs> because the first thing Jesus tells his disciples, wait here. There's a, the, the promise of the Father is coming, so wait here. Wait to be empowered. Wait for the ministry. Wait here. And, uh, and it, it even, where it says that he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, it, it literally is more literally, he, he told them to stop leaving Jerusalem. So the disciples are doers too. So we have kindred spirits. If you're a doer and don't like the waiting part, you have a kindred spirit in the disciples. Think about these disciples. They have followed Jesus all over the, the Middle East. They've seen him do miracles. They've done miracles themselves. They've, they've cast out demons. They've been doing ministry. And now Jesus says, wait. We're not very good at this. Waiting isn't our forte. It's more challenging for most of us. But that's the first instruction from Jesus. Wait here. Because the promise is coming. The promise is, is that you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to, to think about this, this picture of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Greek word here, as I've talked about before with water baptism, the Greek word here means to be immersed or dipped. It's used outside the Bible to describe the process of dyeing cloth, of, of a pool of dye that you dip the cloth in so that every fiber of the cloth is affected, is changed, is transformed, it's colored. And so that's the picture here of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's, <clears throat> it is literally every part of you is changed and transformed and, and affected. Every part of you, physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually, everything about you is baptized in the Holy Spirit. We normally think of the Holy Spirit, again, in terms of helping our thought process or guiding us to do the right stuff. But being baptized in the Holy Spirit gives us a completely different view. It tells us that everything about us is different. Everything about us, every fiber of our being is transformed changed, affected by the Holy Spirit. And, and this is the promise that Jesus said, the promise of the Father is coming. He told them to wait here until this promise happened. When was this promise made? It was made in Joel. In Joel chapter 2, the, uh, the, the reference is up there. It says, after this I will pour out my Spirit on all humanity... Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams. Your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. I will display wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood, fire, and columns of smoke. Does that sound familiar? Smoke and fire and columns? It should. Yes, that's an Exodus reference for those of you who are... 
But it goes on to say, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So <clears throat> that's the promise made in somewhere around 830 B.C. And now here we are 200 years later and the Holy Spirit is coming. The Holy Spirit is here and they're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit affecting everything about them. It, in, but there's something, there's a little hint in here. First of all, the promise made in Joel, it says, after this I will pour out my spirit. What is the this? Well, if you read Joel, it's when, it, what, what happens just before this in, in Joel chapter 2 is Israel repents. Israel repents of its sin against God and, it, and then this will happen. He also mentions here that John the Baptist baptized with water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist, what was his baptism about? Repentance. He said it again and again. He said again and again that, that you be baptized to repent. So repentance and baptism cannot be separated. They are connected, and they're connected even in these verses. Even, uh, even later in chapter 2, when we get there, we're going to see Peter's sermon. And what Peter will say is repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Repentance and baptism cannot be separated. So what is their question? Is it now? Is this it? Is it time? So the disciples don't get the wait thing at all, do they? Because he's telling them, wait for the promise of the Father, and they're saying, well, we're here in Jerusalem. Now would be a great time, Jesus, for you to just set up your kingdom here, right? They don't get the wait at all. As a matter of fact, I want you to consider the, the disciples all the way through the Gospels. What are they out preaching? Jesus sends them out. What are they preaching? The kingdom of God is at hand, right? They're continuing to, to, to preach about the kingdom. They're teaching about the kingdom. They're telling everyone the kingdom is here, and yet they still don't get it. They still don't see that this kingdom isn't Jesus sitting on a throne in Jerusalem. Not at this time. God's timing is different than our timing. This is why we have a problem with weight. <laughs> because we're in a hurry. Have you ever felt like you were in a hurry and God was not? We all have. We all feel that way. Hear this. Hear what, what, what Jesus says to his disciples. Wait for the promise of the Father. And then, know it's not time. God's timing is different than our timing. They not only don't get the wait, they don't get the kingdom yet. Have you ever felt like, I have read it, I have, I have the knowledge, but I still don't get it? That's where they're at. They, they know it, they just don't get it. They just haven't applied it yet. It hasn't gone from knowledge to wisdom yet, because it hasn't made it to their hands and feet. It hasn't made it all the way through to their heads, because they're still asking, is this it? Is this the time? Is this, is it now? And Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. God said that. I'm giving you something to do. Do that. 
Wait here, get empowered, and you will be empowered to witness. That's, that's his instruction. It isn't about timing. It isn't about when we think it should happen. It is about being empowered to witness. Here is the primary function of the Holy Spirit, empowering us to witness. Look what it says. You will receive power. You will be my witnesses. So what, when we think of the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we think that it's about comfort and guidance and instruction and, and helping us with our thoughts. And when we are comforted in order to be comforters because then we are witnesses of Jesus Christ. We are given love in order to be loving because then we are witnesses of Jesus Christ. We are forgiven in order to be forgiving because then we're witnesses for Jesus Christ. We are given strength in order to be strengthening. We are given encouragement in order to be encouraging. We are given all of these things, all of these gifts of the Holy Spirit in order to pass them on. You've heard me say it again and again. These are not just to be consumed. They are to be conferred. We, we are given comfort and guidance and, and peace and love and forgiveness and, and instruction and mercy all so that it will work through us to somebody else so that we are witnesses for Jesus Christ because that's the primary goal of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. It says it right here. This is, is what the Holy Spirit is about. So all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just to be consumed, they are to be conferred so that you are a witness of Jesus Christ. And then it, it talks about J Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, and I think uh, that this has been understood a lot of different ways. Uh, some people have seen this as the, the plan for missions. And not so much literally Jerusalem, but, but more your, your home than the surrounding area, than the wider area, than the world. See it as a mission, the way missions work. And I think that's instructive. Um, I think we can see it that way. Because I have always been of the uh, opinion that we fly over a whole lot of mission fields on the way to the foreign mission field. I feel like, and, and, and you hear me say constantly from this platform, that you are the missionary God has chosen for your workplace and your neighborhood and the places you shop and the places you eat. You are the missionary God has chosen. So I think... Uh, each one of us understanding missions this way is, is interesting. Now, it's also been understood as more like people groups. Jerusalem being the very religious. And then Judea being more like the folks like us. And then Samaria, because they were not like, like Jews, that would be the people that aren't like us. And then everybody else. So it's seen as, as people groups even. It's also, you can actually understand the, the, the book of Acts this way. Because chapters 1 through 7 cover Jerusalem. Chapters 8 through 12 cover Judea and Samaria. And, and 13 to 28 covers the, the, to the ends of the earth, 
all the way to Rome. So you can understand this so many different ways. I don't think that's the point. I think no matter how you understand this, it has the same point. And that is that you and I are empowered to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. That's the point of the Holy Spirit. We are empowered to be witnesses to Jesus Christ. In fact, you know, I read through verses 9 through 11. Jesus is taken up into heaven and the, and the disciples are standing there gazing, watching this happen. And these two angels come by and say, why are you standing around looking up? He's going to come back the same way you saw him leave. So what is he telling them? He's telling him he's given you something to do. Go be his witnesses because he's coming back. Their time is short. We don't have forever. Time is short because he is going to come back just like he went up. And so we need to be about the work he's given us. And what's that, give, what's that work? Being witnesses for Jesus Christ. Everything the Holy Spirit does in you is meant to, be, to go through you to someone else. Every comfort you receive is meant to comfort somebody else. It certainly is consumed. We certainly are comforted. But then we are supposed to be comforters. It's to be conferred, not just consumed. We need the Holy Spirit within us to empower us, to help us, to guide us, to comfort us, to give us peace, to instruct us. And then we need it to pass on so that we are witnesses for Jesus Christ. That's the point. That's why the Holy Spirit was given. It says that right here. Do you understand the Holy Spirit this way? Do you understand that the primary mission of the Holy Spirit is to first work in you and then work through you to someone else? That's the point. That's what should happen. Will you be his witnesses? Will you go forward and be the witness you are supposed to be with the love, the forgiveness, the grace, the comfort, the peace, the, the guidance that you have received. Will you pass it on and be his witness? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. Consider this. Maybe you're understanding the work of the Holy Spirit in a whole, whole different way right now. And I'm hoping that's true. I'm hoping that, it, that you understand it isn't just about us. That it is about being his witness. Will you commit to being his witness? Maybe you need to, to take a step of faith and, and first commit your life to Christ. You can right here. It's a simple prayer. That simply acknowledges sin. God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong, I've thought things wrong, I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on that cross to pay my price. I trust that he paid my price in full. And so I am clean of sin. 
by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now I ask you, Father, to send me the Holy Spirit, to empower me, to show others and tell others what Christ has done in me and through me. For it's in Jesus' name I ask. If you prayed that for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Or maybe this morning you know Christ, but you have understood the Holy Spirit to be your empowerment, not his empowerment working through you. Will you take a moment right now and and consider that? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, for for a different view of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Help us to keep this view. Help us to understand all of the work that you are doing within us goes through us so that we are your witnesses everywhere we go. We thank you and we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.